You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 221 of the Centralia's Favorite Podcast. Jeremiah Morrill today, joined by co-host, producer, slash video producer, slash audio engineer, slash IT guy, Zach Burcham, has made it back to his third chair. Welcome uh, welcome to the studio, man. Eh, not too bad. And just a reminder, not one day of training <laughs> on mean, any of those jobs. Believe, I've been doing all of them extensively for about the last hour. We believe in uh, on on the job training around here. And you have been uh, you're the oldest person on the unpaid staff. And we trust you with the uh, with all of the technology responsibilities. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing on any of it. I just kinda, I'm really good at like I, you don't ever have to tell me, did you try to restart it? Because that's my <laughs> default. I'm smart enough to know just try to restart it. So we've restarted many times. I think we had a power outage in the studio over the course of the last week. And the the laptop that we used to push some audio through to the uh, to the broadcast, it's uh, it's been rebooting for about the last hour. Yeah. The uh, the video laptop that uh, that helps bring everything on the air has been struggling as well. So we're here. If if audio drops out at some point over the course of the video production, then download it tomorrow. Go listen to the podcast because it'll be in there and it'll sound glorious. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. Here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Zach, we got some stuff to sell. We did a Patreon. Did you uh, did you find it to be useful? Yeah, yeah. I mean, give me a chance to figure out what I was, what, 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 what didn't. So <laughs> I got to tell a story in there. Yeah, uh, uh, about uh, about my beautiful GMC truck. Uh, or GMC SUV that I got uh, from our guy, uh, John Phillips, the Andy Moore Buick GMC, one of our $50 or more a month uh, patrons. Uh, I got to thank Christy Avery, Fort Wayne, Indiana, the awesome and incredible Christy. Uh, Anthony Meyer out there delivering uh, delivering hopes and dreams to everybody in this country. He's an independent contractor, so he doesn't have to get his shot like, like everybody else, it seems like. Uh, and Fiddler's Green, uh, Chris Lamb, is uh, also one of those high-end supporters of the show. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you for your continued support of the Boss Hogger Liberty. Uh, if you need some merch, we've got uh, we got a T-chip store. Go to BossHoggerLiberty.com, click on the uh, the merch link in there, and uh, there's a number of different T-shirts to show your support. There's a mug, there's a mask, because God knows you're going to have to have it. Uh-huh. I think until January now. Uh, for flights, the uh, was that the new extension? That was I mean, I, that was the new extension from the uh, the. I'll be honest, there's a lot of places I don't really understand it. Um, I don't a flight doesn't really bug me because a flight you don't talk about just sharing air. <laughs> <laughs> An airplane might be the one spot that you're. Yeah, it's but, recycled and scrubbed though. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. It's. It is what it is. I've I've continued to say for the last few months that uh, throughout the entire process here, you have the choice. If you want to, uh, if this is the life you want to live and you want to try to not do it, then fine, whatever. You you've had uh, since what April or so. Everybody's had the opportunity to do whatever the hell they want to do. If you want to get the shot, get the shot. You don't, whatever. But uh, the, somebody poked the uh, proverbial bear today. 
and uh, President uh, Biden had a big late-breaking announcement at uh, about 530. Uh, and... Uh, <clears throat> 100 million people are, are going to be affected by an edict that he has uh, come out with saying that every federal worker has to be vaccinated. So he has the authority yeah. to do that as the uh, the, the chief uh, executive yeah. of the Fed, of the uh, uh, executive branch. But he's trying to use OSHA rules to say that all companies that are under OSHA's purview, which I guess is 100 employees or more. So all big corporations are going to have to either test their folks weekly. And once again, this is all broken in the last uh, last hour or two since uh, and we've been in the studio for most of that. But uh, test weekly or be vaccinated. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. <laughs> so the reaction, the reaction I, is going to be I mean, wild. I'll give them credit. OSHA might be the best, the most logical method of doing that because – it is like a work safety thing. Is he overstepping? Probably. But you see like an example that is on later is like our local BMVs are being like ravaged by either the virus itself or quarantine measures. So I can understand that that's like a, a, a somebody thought, well, we'll just do it through OSHA because it's a workplace safety issue. And I kind of understand that it's a very, very. I mean, that's the slide. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give him credit for for of all the uh, overbearing government agencies he could probably do. And I'm not actually a big hater on OSHA because uh, we have a couple of local employers that should probably pay, pay more attention to what they ask for. But uh, but I, I'll give him points for like it's kind of like I'll give him credit. Same like Obama used did not have like a penalty for not having insurance. It was like a tax and that, that got him around the Supreme court. Like I'll give him credit for that. He picked the right agency to do it probably, but good luck. The next part will be, all right, if you have to have weekly tests, who's going to pay for it? Cause the next sec- segment will be the government's going to say, well, you've had the vaccine available for free. So we're not going to pay for your weekly tests. And the company's going to say, we're sure as hell not going to pay for your tests. And the insurance company is going to say, if you've got the choice, we're not going to pay for your testing anymore. Yeah. If you're on mandated weekly testing. Some employers were charging so, their employees like $200 a month to not be vaccinated. And so I have a hunch it'll get, that'll just be like, well, you're going to pay for it. Pass on to the employee, the, I guess. The quote I believe from the uh, president was, we're going to make it very uncomfortable for you to not be vaccinated in this country. Yeah, he could do without that quote <laughs> like that just yeah it just fe- it feeds the flames right there yeah. this is this is what i come back down to is that there's a difference between a good idea and a terrible law a terrible policy yeah, yeah being vaccinated good idea uh, forcing it down people's throats that are just looking for things to not to like question the government and think that it's all yeah, when you're like holding somebody down, basically <laughs> sticking a needle in their arm, that does not come off well. We had this conversation, uh, Spangle and I. By the way, happy birthday to dear leader Chris Spangle. He's uh, he's joined me at the ranks of being 38 years old, or just 10 years behind Zach, according to former producer Chris Staten. Who? Uh, yeah, I, for, uh, I forget. <laughs> I haven't. I forgot what he looks like, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I was going to do a fantasy football draft with him last week, but then uh, then I had, something happened. I don't know. He had to straighten his stereo wires or wash his car in the rain or something. I don't know. Uh, but so he disappeared on me again. Yeah. So it happens. Um, I lost my track train of thought. You you you, oh, you were talking you, you Spangle me, about it. Oh yeah, Spangle. Yeah. So we're talking. I was talking to Spangle about it, and I, I've compared this to polio, and 
there was so much investment from people with their kids getting sick for 10 or 15 years before the, the polio vaccine was available in the early 50s that individuals were invested in finding a vaccine and finding a cure to the point where moms were raising the, the March of Dimes happened where they were literally saying, hey, mail us whatever coins you have and we're going to put it toward vaccine research. Yeah. So we kind of short circuited because of the Operation Warp Speed deal. We short circuited the public investment in a vaccine and we were just worried about masks and social distancing and we weren't really talking about the vaccine. It was being handled by somebody else and it wasn't our responsibility. Yeah. So I think we lost some personal investment in in the vaccine working and being available and educating ourselves to the point where it wasn't the entire country was excited and ready for it. It was, well, this is new and different and it's being warp speed fast and we're not sure about it. It was was one of those things where you don't know. They were so quick on shutting things down and you know, with the two weeks to flatten the curves and all that. They were so aggressive on it that we'll never know. We never actually like hit the rough spot like really hit a rough spot to convince people. You never know. Like, you know, a lot of people say they make up whatever statistics on how many lives were saved through this or that, but you'll never know because when you do something preemptively, you don't actually know if it was effective or not because you don't know what would have happened. You don't have a control sample for a population where they did nothing. And so, yeah, some people aren't going to like it. And some people just aren't going to like it no matter what. So, the latest accounting that I've seen is that there's 80 million Americans that are eligible for a vaccine that have not taken it yet. That's, so that's that's the number that's left. That seems like a country of 350 million people. There's 80 million left that that's the so 25 percent. That's the issue. And About. herd immunity is supposed to be somewhere in the 90 percent range, allegedly. But if you can't give it to people under the age of 12, then you're not going to get your herd immunity until you have damn near every adult. Yeah. Right. Somewhere in that range. Sometimes you just get to watch the train the, the train derailment, and we all have popcorn for it. So, this is Vermont heavy news. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. it happened. I don't know how you found I, this story. I, this is this is uh, unbelievable. But the first uh, the first portion of a Vermont <laughs> Vermont news small uh, state big news. Uh, they are dominating the Boss Hog news cycle. Uh, the Washington Post actually ran a story, and it was national news today uh, that three Vermont state troopers. Uh, which is, by the way, I believe the super trooper state. Like, you know, this is like half their force of the state yeah. troopers. Uh, <laughs> if, if the movie is any example, uh, three of them were caught faking vaccine cards. That's. Yeah. Team Ramrod was uh, was caught faking vaccine cards. And they uh, it happened a while ago, I guess. But there was an internal investigation. So they just finally got to release it. And this Washington Post story uh, shows. I think we're getting. <laughs> we are. We are getting spammed, spammed. in the chat by uh, somebody trying to sell NFL.com. This is great. Keep the comments rolling in, folks. This is uh, this is good for reach. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> There's like five back. Oh, back just all of a sudden, yeah. Like my from, screen started. Shilber Ramen. So, yeah. <laughs> Where they come from? Hilarious. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Great. Perfect. Just what I was hoping for. Back to the Vermont news. So the story in the Washington Post that if you are a patron, uh, you got the uh, you got the link dropped in the uh, in the super secret Facebook group that you get as a Patreon member. Um, they this went on to say that the get this story right here that these folks are violating more federal laws. There's more jackbooted thuggery from the uh, federal government at play here. Well, somebody was making them, and then they were. 
yeah, it, distributing them as well. It, it, it's saying that if you are caught basically manufacturing any fake ones, selling them, doing any of this, you know, the, it's an official government form and you can have five years in, in prison. So there is a 31 year old lady that called herself like anti-vax mom. I'm trying to uh, pull up the uh, <laughs> trying. I'm trying to get the hamster on the laptop to spin up here so that I can get a copy of the uh, screenshot. I'm going to do it through a different medium here so I can accurately quote this. This is another failure on my part today because I, I mean, put the uh, we we didn't make an individual chat and then with the IT problems it uh, it got even more fun. Uh, yes, it this story says that arrests have been made in recent months of homeopathic doctors, bar owners, pharmacists, and others accused of selling fake cards. The Manhattan District Attorney announced last week that a person behind the anti-vax mama Instagram account, a lady named Jasmine Clifford, 31, of Lindhurst, New Jersey, has been charged with selling hundreds of fake vaccination cards. Clifford advertised fake cards on social media for $200 each, which included real serial numbers and available to be mailed to any state, some of which allegedly went to frontline workers. I don't know why the hell you'd spend $200 on those. Yeah. Because the cards are available. Like, if everybody's seen the cards, yeah, a shit ton just, of people just took pictures of their own stuff. You could just literally print a card on cardstock, write in the same stuff, and be yeah, fine. Yeah, they're not... They didn't you make could have it, faked it. They didn't, yeah, they didn't exactly, like, put, like, the U.S. Mint and press behind printing them out, like, on, like, the same thing as money so that you can't replicate them. They're just... It's a it, piece it looked, of card. I mean, it's a cardstock with handwriting. I would imagine if you, like, wandered in with somebody to get their shot, you could probably find a box, a case of them somewhere. And like, there's probably a case of them in every CVS Meyer and walking clinic and doctor's office in this, in the country. Well, and most places take a photocopy now too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you could just print it all. You, it you wouldn't need be that. that hard to do any of this. No. Yeah. $200. Yeah. The only time I've had to show my vaccine card, it was a photocopy of it Yeah, to get into the, because yeah, you don't want to carry your only one, right? Your original, <laughs> And you can't laminate them because your long form I, vaccine certificate. Because there's like there's boosters coming too, so yeah, you can't laminate your original. So yeah, I have, we have a couple of Xerox copies floating around for different because we were supposed to be we're supposed to have been asked at, at San Louis for one, but they never did. So but we had them with us. All right, you want some more Vermont news? I know the, Vermont, the new Florida. <laughs> this is Vermont, man. All right, this is the one that blew me away. There's a story that went viral on TikTok this week, and it's a guy who, uh, and th- I really wish that the laptop was working over there because I could have played the audio, but essentially what's happened is that this guy has people coming onto his property, and they're using bloodhounds hounds, to chase bears, and tr- they tree black bears, and then they come by and they try to shoot them. I'm like, well, that's random. So the state of Vermont apparently has a bear population that's gone since 1990 from 1,500 bears to 5,000 bears. And there's open season. We're in bear season now. It started September 1st. So we're nine days into bear, bear season, season in Vermont. This There's only 5,000 bears in the state. And I think they live in a relatively isolated area. So they're all on top of each other. So this one property owner guy has had three different sets of dogs and hunters come onto his property and try to tree bears or try to get them to the point where he's like, I'm done. I'm over it. Get the hell out of here. No, get out. And these guys are obviously, if you're a hunter, you know, the rules, you know, the regulations of what you're allowed to do. And in the state of Vermont, this is fascinating to me because you can 
you have a property rights versus a hunter's rights conversation issue going on here that I would have never thought existed. If you are in Vermont and you set your dogs out to chase, they have GPS collars, so the owners know exactly where the dogs are. You set your pack of hounds out and they chase a bear and it goes across from public land onto private land. They are still hunting, so they are allowed to go tree that bear and the owner is allowed to follow and retrieve his dog and uh, it, and basically complete the hunt. So you could That's chase from theoretically, you could go from Spiceland all the way up to Mount Summit chasing bears and then go shoot somebody you know, on, yeah. be on somebody's farm and, and shoot a bear. Whether or not the person's like whether or not you're happy or with not. it or not. Yeah. And that's the state law. Like it's you can't even stop it or control it. It's insanity to me. Like and I understand hunting, but I'm I'm like yeah. part of it I get a bit. I remember I, I listened to a thing one time about in Scotland or England or somewhere they had like right to roam kind of laws, which like discouraged people from putting up fences and just man, if you want to go for a walk, just went for a walk in the countryside. You don't have to worry about whose property you're on. But like, I would be a little uncomfortable if. Just randomly, there's just guys with guns and dogs showing up on your property, and they're and they're bringing bears, like they're chasing bears to, to your like I don't know how it'd be interesting to see how big the guy's property is if he's talking about he's got like acreage and he's just annoyed or if it's he's got like a little bit of woods behind his house and he just keeps finding packs of but yeah that's just like it is kind of strange if the, if the hunters are being responsible then I just like well if this, the law was there before. He bought a house that's in bear country. I kind of say, well, yeah, go on vacation. Airbnb your house out to a bear hunter or something. (laughs) I don't know, but it just, I kind of like to know the context of like how long the law, I'm assuming the law has been in place for a while. That doesn't sound like something that's popped up in the last three or four years. Well, I will say that the, the the conservation efforts have led to the bears to be huntable again. So So I don't think they used to hunt these things. They were protected. They were only 1500 and now they're at a level where the conservations worked and now you can hunt the bears. And now we're probably back into 1800s. All right, here's the, uh, we're going to try to play the audio here. That's who I am and what I'm about. Uh, We've got some hounds that are leave leave the property right now. Uh, Well, all right. Leave the property right now, please. So he tries to throw the guy out. Explain, explain. Go for it, Bush. Because I know it's not an accident you're here either. No, my dogs brought this bear from a cornfield here. I, I actually don't want you guys on my property. All right. So would it be sensible enough to say we can go in and get our dogs and get the hell out of there? Go in and get your dogs. Can I come with you? You can go with us. Not all right. Problem. All right. You guys have permission to retrieve your dogs, but no hunting, and then ask you never to return. All right. If we release my dogs six, seven miles from here, and they end up, and the bear runs this way, they're doing what they're taught to do. I don't want somebody on my property hunting. So as a private property owner, shouldn't I have the ability to do that? (laughs) Yes sir. no. How far away would you say they are right here? Trudging through his woods. When you have the tracker and you're a couple miles away from where you set loose your dogs, there's no you're not actually in control of your aim. According to state law, we are. So you would say that it's really to make an impact on that you have to change the state law. Definitely. <laughs> so then he finally I mean, he finally goes ahead and, and they get they catch up to him and they let the bear go. Because he threw a fit. There is a level I don't quite 
I kind of agree. Well, one, the guy just sounds like the kind of guy who just doesn't like hunting at all. So he doesn't want anywhere near it, and he probably shouldn't have bought a house in the woods. But if, if it's true though, the guy's like, yeah, I can turn my dogs loose seven miles away from here and they come back here and he only knows where the dogs are because he has GPS trackers on the dogs. That seems like a stretch. It's like, it's like flying a UAV to track. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like, yeah, I'll admit that that does sound like a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> like if the guys is like a term loose, they end up where they end up. He's like, that's what they're trained to do. I'm like, I think they'd be trained to not get too far away from you too. Like, uh, yeah, that is, that is a bizarre. It's just a, that's talk about old world, new world, just crashing together in the most bizarre way possible. You've got GPS technology, you've saved a species, and then you've got hunting, the hunting methods that go back to like the 16, 1700s. Yeah. And some guy driving a Subaru is not happy that they're coming onto his property. It's weird. That is weird. And it's uh, probably some dude that, uh, because of COVID is working from home now. And he moved from New York city out to this farm. He found but he's like, cheap. yeah, he's like the Jesse Riddle of Vermont and he's, yeah, he's this IT guy <laughs> in it from there. Jesse had not, not great suggestions on how to deal with it. Cause I do respect the fact that the dogs are probably valuable and the guy doesn't want to lose the dogs, but yeah. Mason, uh, Mason rotting house, the deer hunter uh, said that, uh, he believes that if a deer in Indiana runs across property lines and dies, then you have to get the property owner's permission to go retrieve the deer here. So I think I recalled having, I, I do not hunt. I don't have the, the stomach for it, but I ended up randomly visiting a guy that I know and he had shot deer. He'd stopped back by his house, which is where we were. And he's like, Oh, I gotta go track it. And we did that. And he, he knew whose property started where, right. And could and what times was making calls to make sure it was okay to go into different areas while we track this deer. Early. So yeah, so people do work around that here where you don't just kind of go wherever you want to go. It's a different. I think it's a different conversation of like it's it's a different level. Of like yeah, squirrel hunting completely harmless. Deer hunting, whatever. What are you hunting I, a bear with too? I, yeah, I, I I assume a shotgun. I mean, you've got him treed, so you're not you're you're just trying to tree him, and then you pop them and drop them down. Because they the the bear goes up in a tree to get away because generally that's going to be a safe place and they're avoiding the dog, but then the hunter walks up and he's got a bear that's treed and he just shoots him and he drops out of the sky. I'm assuming you're coming in with like a UTV or something like that because I'm assuming you're not carrying the bear out. <laughs> it's just a multi-purpose I, it, pack animal. It's dog. also just so disconnected from anything that could be happening in Indiana. It's so di- <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. There's a bear in a tree in my backyard. But to me, it's fascinating of this, this conversation yeah. between the property rights of I own my property. You can't tell me what the hell to do. And then the right to hunt and how, do, yeah. how do they resolve it? And it's not what you would logically think would be what, the case because you would think my property rights trump your ability to hunt. But then this guy has got, you can go wherever the hell you want to go. Native Americans are laughing at us making a legal issue out of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Who that's owns property? That's why that's the land belongs say. to everybody. <laughs> that's why I would just clear this all out. But I guess you know, talk about some BMVs. This is your story. I'm going to get a beer. I'm going to let you say, yeah, this is just one. Well, this is one that had popped up actually locally. Our BMV was closed on short notice for like, I think almost a week, like four or five days, a couple weekends ago. And it just said, Hey, and they, I think they had posted somewhere that they had they had sent their staff to other places to help other places out. So basically they were kind of doing like a rolling shutdown where we don't have enough staff. We're going to send our staff around, which in hindsight, given what's happening now is a, was a horrible idea 
because they were taking their individual <laughs> office staffs and just mingling and them, sending and, them and, to and, spreader and locations. Them, yeah, just yeah, the BMV, the super spreader agency. So now we're going to take your disease, Winchester, and bring it back to Henry County. Yeah. So now they have closed down eleven branches, and they literally said you have to get on the website just to figure out what's open. And people, I saw a guy post he had to go from Connorsville up to Newcastle, and Newcastle's was closed. You know, last week. So people, it's just like depending on what day it is, where do you, where can you go and not go? And Greenfield's closed, but Newcastle's open now. And yeah, and so um, I saw a story, and then what was super fun just about social media in general was it was a Channel Six, I think, it posted the story. All the comments were about the abysmal pay and how nobody wants to work. And there's always, and it, it turns out that has, I would say that has a little bit to do with it, but not. But it's because they have so many people out either with COVID or under COVID quarantine precautions. They've got kids that are stuck at home, yeah, et cetera, they, et cetera. They just don't have the staff. Now, might they have more if you, staff? I, I would imagine that if you look at the demographics of who works at the BMV, you've probably got a lot of moms with young kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I've been in our, I can't think of the last time I went to our BMV and there was a male working. It's yeah. almost always female um, staff. And they've always been, I've had, you know, my issues with the BMV at times. They've never been, uh, bad they've i think one time i got charged for plates i should have paid for um but other than that they're always they're pretty friendly and i've gone in there after i've had state training i know they had to do state training and i started joking about it <laughs> but um somebody said they're opposed to like hiring and they're hiring at like 13 to 14 bucks an hour which let's call that what it is now that's fast food money for dealing with some kind of complex situations and dealing with people in a general in general and yeah but yeah they're and I feel bad for people that need to get stuff done. Can't do it online. There's a lot of stuff you can't do online. I've had times where my plates couldn't be done for one reason or another. Couldn't be done online. I go in there and I have to get help, but you have to figure out where you can go. And for some people driving 35 or 40 minutes is not workable. The BMV has been shutting down locations since about 2003 Yeah, where there used to be, you know, in Henry County here, I know we had one in Knightstown. I know we had have one in Newcastle and I want to say maybe they had one in Middletown. I know Rush County has always had the Rushville location and just up the road from there in Morristown, that tiny little hamlet, they had one. So you had these little communities that also had BMVs as well. Uh, and now, yeah, you're down to the county seats, if that. Yeah. I do a lot of the stuff. On, I do most of my stuff online, but every once in a while, if you're going to get a new driver's license, they got to take your picture. If you're going to get a driver's license or you're going to buy a new, uh, a lot of times if you buy a vehicle out from out of state, you have to do it. Um, I don't know. Generally, when I buy something new, it's easier just to go in yeah. and bring your stuff in because they end up needing that ID or whatever. It's just a it's a hassle. It's yeah. an enormous hassle. But, yeah, so strange. And it was funny. I'm mean, like, I bet. I don't think I saw one comment on this thing of like the 150 comments. I scrolled through real quick. They said anything about it being one person said that they've been there. And they said, yeah, I was just at one. There was nobody had a mask on. And they asked about it. And they said, well, you're supposed to wear a mask if you're not if you're not vaccinated. But they're not asking, which I can affirm, at least for where I work for the state, that's the case. They're not asking for anybody to prove that they're vaccinated. They're just telling you, if you're not vaccinated, then wear a mask. Please. It's the Walmart rule. Yeah. Okay. So I went to the fridge, and I got myself a beverage. And this is something that that's I... That's a fancy-looking PBR. This is something I inherited. It's a PBR Pabst Blue Ribbon Hard Coffee. <laughs> I don't know how if did I get in our. I I don't I I don't know how I acquired it. I don't know where it came from. 
and I know I've had two sips of it, and it is going to be the struggle of my life to get the rest of it down. <laughs> At least it's a smaller... It's like a Red Bull kind of can. Yeah. It's rough. I would have Zach test it, but that he, has, he doesn't do that sort of a thing. No. COVID. No. It seems like the wrong time of day for that, too. Hard coffee. It was literally the top thing when I just reached over the top of the fridge, and I grabbed it. It was the top first thing. I said, okay, well, I've never had one of these. It's in there. I'm going to try it. Hmm. Don't know ah. where they came from. Don't know who brought that in here. Ah. I think... I think it was something that wound up in my fridge after a camping trip or a racing trip or whatever, and it just got dumped in here. It goes, the they go from a pool party, throw in beach party, whatever, gets put in my beer fridge, and then from time to time my beer fridge gets cleaned out and things come over here, and it's just like a, a down the down the line thing. And this is like the garbage can of of <laughs> drinks, where eventually somebody will drink it if it goes in the fridge here at the studio. It's generally the way the way things go. Joe Tompkins is asking what the alcohol content is on it. Uh, he says they thinks they're eight percent. I don't know. Uh, Andrew says fatherhood has really aged Dakota. Uh, yeah, he's uh, Dakota. I think is in a nursing home now. I just, don't know. Just wait, Andrew. It's coming at you, buddy. <laughs> Listen, Andrew. As soon as he got uh, got that kid, he became a local news superstar. Yeah, Channel Ten I over in Terre Haute came to his house to interview him. I was a Channel 10 viewer last weekend at Shackamack. That was the local news. I forget. I didn't watch any TV. My kids did. We got some channels of Whitewater somehow. We couldn't figure out where they were coming from, though. Had to be Cincinnati, I would imagine. That's what I thought, but April's like, she was getting, we got a channel out of Miami of Ohio. Yeah, I guess they could. Yeah, the university is right there. Yeah. It would either be uh, Dayton or Cincinnati, and I would guess Cincinnati is what she would thought get. She was surprised how many she got, but it's a weird thing where if you ever fire up an antenna, you realize there's a whole bunch of channels you don't know about. Like Channel 13 has like four sub-channels. Oh, yeah. And one of them's like Westerns, and there's like Laugh TV and all this other stuff, and they're on the point one, point two, point three, And so we get a bunch of those RAMs. She's like, yeah, a bunch of them are duplicates. We had uh, Bounce. Which is like uh, I've seen that one, yeah. Uh, black comedies. That's pretty that, much. That what is, it is that is an interesting thing to. Uh, go, to it's like a weird thing that you don't even know that stuff's going on with a camper. Fired up, run a channel scan and see what random stuff you're gonna find in some. Nobody spot. has a TV antenna anymore. The only time we ever see it is camping. Yeah, that's the. Uh, I have one in my house actually. I still run a TV antenna at my house. I'm Channel 8 guy. I like Wish TV. Oh, yeah. You can't get that on you YouTube You can't get TV. Wish TV on YouTube TV. So in the morning, I fire it up. And yeah, it's hooked to the... Like, uh, when I had Sally Dish, they left all the wiring in place. So I just took the dish down and hooked the uh, antenna to it up on the roof. And then I just... You still got your old aerial antenna? Yeah. Wow. Mine came down a few years ago. I have a house in the middle between me and everything else. So it doesn't... I had one upstairs. I threw that one upstairs on the roof and it did okay. And like I said, there's coax run to it. And so then I just had to go down to the basement and I figured out what cables run to what rooms of the house and just hook them into a splitter. And so I have my antenna hooked to like eh, two or three rooms of the house. Very nice. You've got the old technology working yeah. for you again. You, you can use that to watch the NFL games. I probably won't, but yeah, the, uh, this is the new 17 game schedule, all kinds of changes again this year. Yeah, the uh, the season starts tonight. I don't know if they've kicked off quite yet or if we're very close as we're recording about 815 on Thursday. The uh, Tom Brady led Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play the Dallas Cowboys tonight. If uh, Tampa wins by 10 or more, I'm going to win some money Um, (laughs) as always. One of the one of the betting my mom my mom asked me she's like did we just legalize sports gambling in Indiana I'm like no it's been legal it's for like a two while. years and she's like it's three quarters of the ads on TV I was like Jane 
NFL seasons here. Yeah. And a couple of new players that come into town with the gambling. Uh, MGM. Does MGM have a new app? Yep. There's, MGM's around. Uh, uh, Sportsbook. There, there's uh, Unibet. Unibet, FanDuel, DraftKings. Now, one of them had a deal where for every X number of thousand people that... Barstool, of course. Um, bet on the... This tonight's game, the spread went up. And so for that app, the spread for tonight, like as of this morning, was like 75 points. So correct. Yeah, you can still win your bet. That was the uh, the DraftKings. I yes. got that one. I'm in on that one. <laughs> it's a guarantee, Zach. If you don't play that one, you're you're just crazy. So the uh what I was gonna say is that the NFL has new rules now, and every single market gets two CBS games and two NBC or two uh two Fox games. Well, that's nice. So what you, time though. So you get a one o'clock and a four o'clock on both networks. That's the oh, those, those are the new rules. Four o'clock? Yes, that's nice. So you've got uh, in Indianapolis, we will be getting uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo uh, in the early one o'clock CBS window, and the CBS late window, you will uh, you'll be getting Cleveland and Kansas City. Uh, and Man, the- that Miami New England localization is tiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, Jeremiah's got a map up here and it looks like it. Well, it looks like a political map because it's red and blue. <laughs> yes. PTSD, but it's just, it's just the two ends. It's like the, you know, the new England and the Florida tip. That's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And then Alabama where their quarterback is, uh, their former quarterback is playing for Miami now. So that's why Alabama is colored in CBS made a decision that they, uh, they wanted to give it the folks in Alabama, the chance to watch, uh, watch them. Uh, and I don't know if there will be a local blackout or not because of the Colts playing uh, on, on. So you may not get that CBS Pittsburgh and uh, Philly game, uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo game. It'd be nice maybe. just to guarantee people like it's kind of stinks when your team's not great and all the games are just one o'clockers and you're like, ah, I don't really blow, blow a hole in the middle of my afternoon. But yeah, you've got uh, Colts and uh, Colts and Seahawks coming, uh, coming uh, as the uh, the number two game on Fox early. So you'll have uh, you'll have that one, and then Fox late. The uh, whole damn near the whole country gets Green Bay and New Orleans being played in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. Yeah, they're still kind of messed up down there, and it's not, and it's not like the Northeast got hit by that storm just about as bad as they didn't get all the wind, but they got the rain. <laughs> yeah, I think New Orleans just is in a bowl and they cannot function. There's so many people in trouble in Nor- in in Louisiana that staffing a stadium even if the stadium's fine yeah the staff is just uh is decimated so it's going to be interesting to see uh see how the 17 game schedule works out indianapolis has an advantage this year our uh, our local colts have nine home games that's instead nice. of eight there's an extra one and the way it worked out is that the extra game is the uh the colts are going to play the buccaneers the super bowl champions in indy uh because the south teams play the south teams uh so and then the afc is hosting this year so the number two AFC South team from last year was the Indianapolis Colts. The number two NFC South team was the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And because it's the NAFC team hosting, it'll be played in Indy. I think it's Thanksgiving. It's like the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. So that's your, uh, that's your useless fact of the day. Cause that's why you come here. Yeah. All right, Zach, three weeks in a row of IndyCar coming. Are you ready? You ready yeah. for the season to end? You've yeah. attended like, I don't know the last three IndyCar races in a row. I think maybe three of the last uh, four. Did, uh, yeah, three of the last four. I think. Yeah. So yeah, you did Gateway. Gateway. Yeah, I, I guess I was at Nashville. You were at Gateway. Brickyard was before. The, you did Indianapolis. The, you did Mid Ohio. Yeah. Um. So three of them since the Fourth of July, and one of the two of us has been at every race since Fourth of July. Yeah. And there's any still, part of you thinking, "Damn it, I should have gone to Portland." 
No, that's too far to go. And but um, the uh, I took another sip. Yeah, it's still rough. Yeah, um, it's just sugar. It's pure sugar, and I don't drink sugar. This is my problem. The uh, there's this bizarre hope of another one because there's the chance they keep floating the chance. I don't think it'll happen. We should talk about more COVID again, don't we? Yeah, the the, the <laughs> Long Beach Grand Prix is in is in danger of being canceled <laughs> again, and that and that they're looking. And there's contract. I don't think they, they, man, they don't really want to come back to Indy, but if they, they're talking about, there's a contingency plan. I bet Doug Bowles is busy making sure that he puts just the right amount of effort into IMS being ready, but not too much effort into spending too much money on getting it ready in case they have to come back to finish the season out of Indy. I hope that they run a different track configuration if they have to come back to Indy. Would you go to that race? Man, it'd be kind of rough. I have a friend who I haven't been able to hang out with much, and he uh, he scheduled a shindig that evening. But like, man, it's hard to turn down a, a September. The chance to see the championship race for the IndyCar series in, in camping. I would camp if they had camping. I'd be camping in September. Is a great time of year to be camping. It would be on no notice. It'd be in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. My camper's ready. It's always ready. Generators have gas in them. I was just at the track like <laughs> three weeks ago, it feels like. So, yeah, I would be ready to go. But, yeah, I actually kind of – I hope they just get to finish. I was, Long Beach would be a fun place for it to end, and I don't really want to get the rat race of throwing the camper together if I need to. But, yeah, um, looking forward to Portland. should be interesting. A couple new guys coming in um, and see how everybody does. It's going to be tight. It's two young guns in the in the lead, and uh, Alex Palou's luck's got to get better. He's had a horrible string. So Alex Pillow, Pato Award, and uh, Joseph Newgarden are in the uh, top three. Pato's actually in first place. Uh, Pillow is second, and Newgarden's like 22 points back. They're the three that have the best chance of winning a championship. I know Scott Dixon and yeah. Marcus Erickson are also in there. You got a, you got a guy you think is going to do it? It's going to be Pato. You think uh, Joseph's going to come all the way through? Our boy Pillow, what's... If I, man, for some reason I don't have... I don't think Pato too much. I think it... Uh, Alex has a pretty good shot, but I think Newgarden's going to be pretty hard to beat. In the uh, the first two guys haven't run any of these three races. No, they didn't do any. They didn't do the whole West Coast swing. Oh no, Pato did it. I feel like Pato, Pato did at Pato least did one as race a as a total rookie. Yeah, yeah, he did it as a Harding, was, or was he at Sonoma? Yeah, it, was, it might have been Sonoma. They did like a last. He and uh, yeah, Harding Pato. ran like two cars at the end of the season and ran those two guys. I think he was. No, it was Colton was hurt at the. It time. was Colton Herta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's hurt. check this. Stand by, stand by. But they haven't run in a couple of years, and Alex has never. Alex Pillow has never run any of these tracks, which is incredible. Uh, but they've only run Portland twice, right? That's the that's yeah. the other part of it because it was missed by COVID. So if you were a rookie last year, basically COVID caused all of the uh, IndyCar races to get killed uh, killed on the West Coast last year. Uh, we're scrolling, we're scrolling, we're scrolling. Yeah, Pato Award in 2018 ran Sonoma and finished ninth for Harding Racing. Okay, so he's not run Portland. Uh, yeah, and so he's never been to Portland. He's never been to Laguna. He did run Long Beach for Carlin in 2019. He finished 12th. Okay. So he's been to Long Beach. If that, and of the three, that's probably the one you want to be at because there's walls there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Scott Dixon had like, didn't Marco like flip over the front of Scott Dixon last or the last time they were there? And Dixon just said, I'll just put this in reverse and drive away. And he drove away with like part of the paint missing off the front Does, nose cone of the car. Do you have much memory at all of Pato Award driving for Carlin? I have zero. Is that just blanked out? I have zero memory of that. He made six starts in a Carlin car. 
and f- sponsorship went away. They missed the Indy 500. He crashed in Indy 500 practice. Okay, I remember that. And then he, uh, but he, he he finished eighth at Coda. The one time IndyCar went to Coda, uh, and then he never had uh, n- another uh, top ten finish. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He attempted eight races. He missed the Indy 500, so he had seven starts. For I remember missing the 500. I have no recollection of that being a Carlin car. But then, yeah, that was a mess though, because Carlin had also prepped the um. Prepped the uh, McLaren car. That year. Everybody just remembers Hunkos making the Indy 500 and McLaren missing it. And you but, kind of, uh, but Pato missed it that year too. Yeah, because yeah, he jacked the car up pretty good. I think they had to go to they had to go to backup. They had to really strip it down and rebuild it. But. So speaking of gambling, I have uh, I have a couple of note items that I noted looking into this uh, Portland weekend. I put five bucks on my boy Alex Pelot to win Portland. He's never been there before. But I have uh, I have faith in the guy. He's uh, his odds looked okay. They were plus thirteen hundred. So five dollars pays out like sixty five, seventy bucks. So right, that's the yeah. that's the way the numbers worked out. Because uh, ten dollars would pay out one hundred and thirty, and whatever whatever the number is. So half of that you know, plus your five bucks coming back. Colton Hurd is absolutely the favorite going into the race at plus five fifty. Is weird. I, I don't. I don't know why he's that favorite. The, I know the odds you showed me were kind of odd, and the not to be a a, pun. But. As I scrolled down through, I saw Oliver Askew, who's making a start for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing in a semi with Felix Sabatis in a semi full time car in a car that's run almost every race and finished in the top ten like six races in a row, and it's at plus eleven thousand with Oliver Askew. So. It's not your money. You couldn't help yourself. Would you put Would you put money on it? Because I looked at it. a two dollar bet was going to pay you, out. I think you said if he t- wins his first race, is going to pay two hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, I think I put two dollars on it. I wouldn't put much more than that on it. Two bucks. He doesn't have great luck. I know, but it's he's fast. But he doesn't have great luck. That's the, so people hit him and he hits people sometimes. Do you feel like he's jaded already? Is he is he is he cross eyed or cross, you know, star crossed? And it's just it's it's a waste of money. I don't think it's a waste of money. I think there's a chance, but I don't think it's enough to like throw too much money at. He's a solid guy. He'll put an he'll put an effort together at some point if somebody gives him more than a couple of races. All right, we're gonna do it right here live on the air. If I can get logged in, if if uh, if the i iDroid uh, can <laughs> can verify my location, location verified. Dear leader says you're all, a slave to your Google Maps. All sports. He was really, if it wasn't his birthday today, I'd really pick on him because he was he, talking about how you don't love your kids if you take pictures of them with an Android phone. I just love to mention that sometimes they'll, like, they'll drop the new iPhone. They said they're going to announce what in a couple of weeks or a week or two. And then they'll come out with all these options, all these great things. And like all the Android people will be like, I've had that for two years. $2.50 is going to pay $275 if Oliver Askew wins this race. Go for it. If I don't press bu- go on this and Oliver asks you wins the race, you'll hate yourself. I, am I enjoying wagering on FanDuel Sportsbook? Yeah, if Oliver asks you wins, I'm not answering your damn quiz right now. Done. Joe's asking about how Jimmy Johnson's done. Um, I think we'll know how Jimmy Johnson's doing next year. A couple races in. He was he looked good at Indy. The Whatever the third time, the second time they were there, he was got he got pretty racy on some people. He locked the brakes up in a couple turns, uh, going after people, which is a, a good sign of aggression. 
Um, I'm really excited about Jimmy Johnson next year. And I, I think I think, I think he's going to have potentially some top tens on road courses now that he's gone back. Yeah, but I think on the ovals, if he truly runs Gateway or Texas, I love to know how he did it. at Texas. How he how he really felt. I think that he if he had done that to be if he had done some just an oval test to begin with, just log some laps at a couple different ovals, then he would have gotten a better feel for the car. I think, but I'm an idiot. I might not know anything, but I wondered if if you put the car, the unfamiliar car, in a familiar place, which you end up going to Texas earlier then he would have gotten a bit of an idea of how it felt better than trying to go to all these like the first place he went to was a road and street course that you can't go test at you know he's at st pete so so i think next year will be the year this year is is his learning year the other really interesting indycar news that's and that we think might be happening is one of the what i would say the signature oval races on the indycar calendar st louis gateway uh, has been rumored to have a quote unquote NASCAR date potentially coming for next year. NASCAR is supposed to be announcing their calendar next, uh, next week. Uh, and it went from a NASCAR event to maybe a NASCAR cup event would be coming to gateway for 2022 with Indy cars. I don't know. Double header. Don't know. Yeah. Would it be with IndyCar? Would it be in a pop? You know, would it be just a, a, just a race there on their own and the hill with IndyCar and they get kicked out like you know lose interest like Kentucky did and things fall apart and a great track goes away? I hope not because that's a good event. You know, I, I try to get to it every year. I missed one, well, missed one, but um, which was last year's. So it was a uh, but they, last year it was like was it a doubleheader last year mm-hmm. and it was a, and they were day races. And they don't schedule when you want a day race. It was a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, not couldn't. I can't pull that off. You, know, you lose an hour coming back and ends up just being. I mean, can you do Iowa Saturday and Sunday in Iowa? I couldn't. If they did, if if they're going to do a double header at a track like Iowa or a track like St. Louis, then I say run a Friday Friday night Saturday night. Just because I want, I need to drive home, and it's Iowa's like what nine hour, eight or nine hours. <laughs> it's forever away from me. Yeah, from, from I mean, it's, uh, it's a long, County. boring drive and from Boss Hog Studios. Then you lose an hour coming back because the time zone change. I mean, that was listen, a, man. I made it back from Nashville. I it was horrible, but I did make it back from Nashville. But yeah, it's much further. I, I it would have to be a Monday vacation day. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the way you were doing Nashville, if I was going to go, I would I had to pretty much taken. I would have had to have taken a like three days off for a race that was on Sunday. That was the absolute dumbest start time for a race I've ever seen. 5.30 was a 5.30 local or no, 5.30 Indiana, 4.30 local time. Yeah, how far? It's like, it was like 488 eight, miles, seven hours, 41 minutes, eight hours with no camper. Yeah, no camper. So it's a nine to 10 hour with a camper potentially. And then that's a long drive. Yeah. You got to cross the Mississippi River, folks. It's far. Yeah. So yeah, make that Saturday night. Make that Saturday night and everything gets light. That's what we do. Go to St. Louis. I mean, you could just do one. You could just do the Saturday race. Yeah, crush it, man. I feel real. And then you could duck out and skip out on the Sunday race. I don't know if I could. I'm one of those guys like I drove all this way. Are you a grown ass man that that has self-control or do you have to just deal with it? Self-control me. Did you drive nine hours to (laughs) to see one race when there's going to be another race right there? How mad at yourself would you be if... Listening to the, the race on the way race home was great, and the first one was a yeah, total they, snoozer. Yeah, because you know that if, if it's a double oval, they're going to save it for the first day, and the second day is going to be the aggressive one because they don't have to worry about 
fixing it for the next day. Joe Tompkins also notes that the uh, NASCAR Cup cars are flirting around with the idea of replacing the Bush Clash uh, with an L.A. Coliseum race, uh, which would be a the ultimate short track. It'd be really tiny. They need- uh, now, historically, NASCAR did open up out in L.A. Before they went to the, to the, uh, to the Daytona 500, they would go out to Riverside. And the season would open in the early 80s. The NASCAR Cup season opened up in Riverside. So that has historical... Back when you were in diapers, Zach, that was, that's what they did. They, they, they think you do whatever they want to do. They keep running four-hour races that you have to have uh, a press book to f- understand what's going on. Nobody's going to care. Like my mom, my poor mom turned on the race and she's like, Oh, there's three laps to go. She's like, I'll watch the last three laps of the race. And just like every other week, it took like 35 minutes to NFL games take less time to finish. Yeah. NASCAR cup is, uh, it's turned into like an absolute having a race in this, in the Coliseum is funny because that sounds like it's just, you're, you're entertaining people and you hope that somebody gets, gets Did you know Joe Weatherly died at Riverside. I didn't remember that. I remember hearing a whole bunch about Riverside. I'm waiting for, is that track still there? No, yeah. no, it's a shopping center. Uh, too bad. Cause that would be a great episode of lost speed waves with Dale Earnhardt jr. On Peacock. Hey, it's uh, a shopping center. Go back there if there's I was trying left. to find the year that they, they went away just as we were talking. We were that yeah, that used to be a hot, a hot spot for racing. You listen to any of the guys back in the day and they'll tell you how much they raced at Riverside. Well, everybody went out to Riverside back in the day. Uh, we're going to try one more place, one more spot to look here. I would hope, though, that if St. Louis did get a, it would either be separate or they could just use it to bolster because obviously then the track would get a fat, fat, uh, TV check. But 1981, they ran January 11th and Bobby Allison won. The last NASCAR Cup race was run at Riverside in 1987 and then it was replaced by Sonoma Raceway up in uh, Northern California. Salinas, uh, not Salinas, uh, Sonoma. Sonoma, California. So there you go. That's uh, that's uh, that's your racing thought. We got uh, we got to start doing some final thoughts, Zach. You got uh, you got some things to talk about. Newcastle homecoming. Yeah, Newcastle. you were uh, class president of the class of '62, so you've got yeah. some big announcements. No, I had nothing. Oh, we have, my class has nothing, and we should because it's 20 years. But um, COVID, COVID. I'll, I mean, like people kind of. I got boo on Facebook for saying sorry, but like right when we would have maybe started. We couldn't really start playing anything till summer, and then all of a sudden it kind of came around again. And then I know the last time I helped, I was not I was not a class officer. I just got wrangled. As a matter of fact, all the people I think that helped with our class reunion were just classmates. Um, the last time I didn't have any kids, and I had a lot more free time <laughs> ten years ago than I do now. But that and you got I got a podcast to help around now. Yeah, and I forgot. I've never never been to a homecoming. I've never been to a homecoming, period. I've never been to a Ball State homecoming. You were in the band. I've never been to... We marched somewhere else. It's fall. Saturday, we're in a contest. That's what we did. So I remember walking... We would... Yeah, never went to a homecoming. And I'm not even sure if they'd finally changed it. Newcastle, when I was in school, only You're did homecoming You're telling me the every, Newcastle homecoming band wasn't... At, the band wasn't at be, homecoming? We had better things to do. <laughs> We did. We were. We were. I could see why the football team was terrible in that era. Yeah. Well, we marched it. We were. We were. I can't remember. I think it was like. What is it? It's mid September. If it was mid September, we might have been at district. So we were at an actual sanctioned uh, ISMA contest that you had to go place a rating to get to regional to get to state finals. So if it was mid September, or we were just at a random contest, we might have been at the contest that was at. We always went to Lawrence Central. So yeah. And but we also only did. Homecoming when I was in high school every five years. Newcastle didn't do homecoming every year. We did every five years. So some classes never even did homecoming. 
They, if you were, if homecoming happened when you were in eighth grade, the next time homecoming happened, you graduated. College. Yes. So we only skipped one homecoming because there was only one homecoming while I was in high school. And I tried to go to Ball State's homecoming once as a student. I wrecked my motorcycle on the way up there and never got there. So I've never been to homecoming. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Broad Street Cruise. I can make it this weekend. I wasn't in town last weekend, although it rained. felt bad for him. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the festivities in town. Very nice. I believe uh, Saturday I'm going to be going out to uh, Charlottesville. They've got their big uh, fish fry just outside of Henry County. There was a fish fry going on today at the Dan's. There was a church yeah. fish fry. I saw yeah, it in the, down uh, Bundy. I saw people. They drive through only, but they were in the newspaper. It was going to be yeah for Newcastle. Going to be a Broad Street cruise to tomorrow night parade. Well, like ten or eleven o'clock. Look around. There's some posts, and then the the, the thing with the football game though. I think I might have seen somebody say that the football game. Right now, they don't know who they're playing because the other team had to, like, cancel. So I'm not sure who the football team's playing yet, but. Oh, there's a team in Ohio with, uh, that doesn't have a coach. Oh, my that's gosh. You get back to that, yeah. <laughs> and they probably got roughed up against, like, some, you know, some prep team last night because they're playing every night somehow. We're going to look here real quick to see, uh, see if we can find an update on uh, who, uh, who Newcastle is playing in, uh, in football. In football, googling, efforting, searching, looking, looking, calendar dates. This is uh, I haven't looked at this website in like five years, and they've changed it since then. Updated. It's not. Uh, it's not what it was. Let me go back. Uh, man, it's not. Uh, they don't. There was a thing that was like John Harrell College or high school football or whatever, and now it just goes to the IHSAA page. So we're gonna click on. Calendar dates. I don't know if you can search by. I can't schools. remember where I saw that it was something that had been canceled. But that's okay. We'll figure. Yeah. It's a if you if you're interested in the football, you know how to get there. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out real quick and final thoughts here to our guy Kyle Robbins. He was on dirt over the weekend at uh, Decoin, Illinois. In the uh, there's two races left in the USAC Silver Crown calendar right now, uh, but he finished eighth again. Another top ten finish for Kyle. So fantastic. Yeah. In the uh, Magna Tool Boss Hog Liberty uh, machine, uh, another big uh, big run. So I think they've got yeah. uh, they got two left. I think there are a few more weeks. They go up to uh, Toledo, and then maybe I don't know if they finish up at Eldora where the uh, where the final race. Is. Oh, probably yeah. El- Eldora usually be final week of the IndyCar race is usually yeah the twenty fourth, twenty fifth is four crown, and four crown usually is there. They're the, they're the grand finale for the Saturday night show. Uh yeah okay yeah they're at uh, Eldora September 25th and then their final race will be up uh, October 10th at uh, Toledo Speedway so there you go with that we're gonna let uh, let you guys run we appreciate it and we will uh we'll see you next week. <laughs>